0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market, a revolutionary online marketplace with thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Get an additional 25% off your first order, plus a 30-day free trial by visiting thrivemarket.com slash nomeatathlete. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio.
1: Madam, I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> yeah? Okay, how come? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I consider myself a pretty worldly person. Um,
0: the, follow the news carefully?
1: Follow the news carefully. Worked for an international nonprofit for many years. Mm-hmm. But uh, I made a bit of fool myself last week. Uh-oh. Apparently it is pronounced cutter, not Qatar. Oh, yeah? Yep, you were right. I was wrong.
0: Well, I wasn't claiming it to be right, because I I had just, a week ago, heard the people on the World Cup call it Qatar when talking about it, and I think they probably are, are briefed on what's the right way to say it, right? Not not the right way, but the way that whoever it was, Fox Sports, wants them to pronounce mm. it. So someone, what, someone uh, tweeted you?
1: Yeah, somebody tweeted me with uh... oh, a... It was very nice, very nice tweet. I was just embarrassed. They, uh, they were... They were complimenting us on season three you know as we're getting lots of compliments on the new season (laughs) but then they uh they screenshotted the
0: pronunciation uh i don't even know what you call that like how you know how a dictionary tells you how to pronounce it right and well they need to update the dictionary then because everyone calls it qatar so (laughs) just like with when meanings of words change they update the dictionary then we need to we need to get these you know make mispronunciations make them valid yeah just keep bastardizing the language <laughs> just, just. uh yeah and also i've been thinking about
1: you a lot because it was, i guess it was we recorded this last friday mm-hmm. and our last episode last friday and uh you were taking your kid out for her his first round of golf real golf on a course right and yes. and I, I was just like like thinking about that all weekend about how much i would not enjoy that like not that i wouldn't enjoy taking my kid to play golf but how much uh kind of stress it would give me <laughs> to think right. about holding everybody up and everything so how would it go
0: yeah it, it actually went really really well surprisingly well um we played with a friend of ours and he and i were both just shocked at how uh how little of that kind of stuff there was we didn't hold anybody up thankfully it wasn't very crowded that day uh but we never came close to holding anyone up. we kind of like went really fast the first two holes to just put a little distance between us and whoever the next group might be and uh it worked really, I mean, it was fine. Holden played really well. He, he shot like a, we played nine holes, and he probably shot, I think, 78 or something, uh, which is, you know, for an adult golfer, would, would be not be a good score at all, but for someone's first time playing on the course, and he's eight years old, uh, it, it definitely was, it was not bad enough that it would slow you down, really. We played at pretty much normal speed with him. So, that was a big success for sure. I took him out, we went out again, uh, I guess it was, Monday afternoon probably for another twilight round because he, he really loved it of course and uh, that when we were holding people up I don't know what the difference was maybe it was just more crowded but um, we actually weren't holding one and then suddenly they, this group appeared behind us like waiting for us to get off the green and I don't know where they came from they must have been playing through other groups because they were flying or something but anyway they uh, as, that, as we passed them on the next hole sort of because the holes went one direction and the other this older guy in the group was like may I suggest that you have him play from the junior tees the purple tees and i was like well i've never heard of purple tees i thought he was just i don't know just confused and thinking that purple was red <laughs> <laughs> and and i said well he says he's playing from the gold tees which is like the senior tees and he's like well there's these purple tees that are 150 to 200 yards out from the pin uh that are really that's the junior tees and that's where they should play from so we, we started doing that i somehow had, had not even seen these purple tees yeah i've
1: never even heard of that before yeah because when i was a
0: kid there was we never had that like maybe you play from the reds if you right, were yeah. new mm-hmm. um but yeah this kind of makes so we they, they were all other holes a few of them only like had one random i what i had thought before was a random misplaced Markers. thing in, the, in yeah. the fairway um so it was just one not even a tee box, not even a, a two of them that would make a line that you hit behind but uh but a few of the tees had had you know, legit purple tee boxes that I just had never noticed. Huh. And uh, yeah, that, it, it kind of makes it like for a kid, the way golf kind of should be like the way golf is supposed to be. For those who don't know, is that on a par four, you, you hit a drive and then you hit an approach shot into the green. And then hopefully you take two putts and you make a par. So right. when you're a kid, that's entirely different because to get to a par four takes you, you know, six or seven shots, maybe more. And to get to a <laughs> par five takes 12 shots. So it's like an entirely different sport, almost, when the kids are playing that far away. So this made it different, where they could actually reach the green in the in regulation. And uh, I don't know. So we did it. We moved way faster. Holden didn't like it as much. He said he wanted to go back to the to the long ones. He just, I mean, and I I could see why, because you get more hits in and yeah, more fun. So anyway, but it's props. nice that
1: they have that option. That's great. I'm I'm really impressed. It is by good.
0: That. It was it was very fine, and uh, he was good, and all a very positive experience. So now now we're hitting the range a little bit now that he has a little taste for it at the bug yeah and uh and it's been really good good
1: so is he are you are you ditching the soccer practice and <laughs> no practice although
0: or? although he does like me goes from one thing to another and really kind of you know as soon as one new thing comes he loses interest in the other but soccer is uh is i think a more serious endeavor than than this is so that one, that one won't go speaking of soccer doug i had a personal victory yesterday Ooh. my this my team who i play in this this summer league and i'm not very good i'm probably arguably the worst player on the team really? least experienced and you know therefore the worst um and the other people helped me they position me and helped me know where to, where to go and things like that uh we played the best team in the league last night we won four nothing and i scored two goals and had an assist it was like no. a, it was a breakthrough day for me that is big it was really yeah it was it was fun and not, they were kind of lucky one of them was like a corner kick that deflected off somebody and then hit me in the thigh and went in <laughs> i put some effort forth and i had to I still move my thigh forward but it was i was definitely in the right place at the right time um and then you know the other one was it was a little more legit but anyway it well, was that's, fun that's big man it was that's really big uh, it, felt, yeah. it made me feel like i was contributing in some did way did they hoist
1: you up and you know celebrate you at the end of the game. no day?
0: i was not carried off the field or anything like that but uh <laughs> but some people said nice game so that's good that's good yeah it was really fun you should take that yes very
1: cool well congratulations thank you it was fun um anyway let's see i i on the other hand have uh have been uh bedridden yeah i know
0: that's that's too bad and you think it was just a cold right but but the worst ever man
1: it was the worst cold ever in the history of colds i i really believe i don't know what happened i uh just I've never had a head cold like knock me out where I'm like in bed for 48 hours. And that's that's what that did. And then, you know, I finally got out of bed to do some work on Monday, but took two naps that day, I think. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's been
0: like just it's just this terrible cold. So why? How come you say it's a cold and not say it's something? Because I think a lot of people like once it gets bad, they just say, oh, well, that was the flu or something.
1: Well, I guess I mean, maybe it was the flu. What is the flu? I think of the flu as being like nausea up and, and stuff
0: tough. and fever and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I think fever is a good dividing line between colds and everything else. But I don't really know. If I'm really sick, I don't ever call it a cold. Yeah. But I probably should. It's probably just a-
1: We went should. to... We, I woke up Saturday morning, and I wasn't feeling very well, but we had planned to bike. We got uh, Eliza a new bike, like uh, a trailer thing that you put behind the bike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we were taking planning to take her to the farmer's market, and we were all pumped about that. And we get out there, and it's going great, but I'm just like really run down, and we, we pedal home, and I'm like, I think I need to lay down for a minute, and I like literally hardly get out of bed for the next 48 hours. Yeah, <laughs> It was terrible.
0: That is terrible. Well, yeah. I'm glad you've shaken it. it. seemed like it was lingering for a while, but yeah, it seems like you're better. Yeah, well, we're back. I'm back. Good. Did you do any running during that time, or you? took it all
1: I, I ran a little bit yesterday but uh, that was my first yeah took mm-hmm. took some time off as
0: long as the symptoms are above your neck doug you should still get out there and i just didn't have the energy doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> that's what dedication is all about
1: yeah consistency right we know that's keen
0: so <laughs> nah, i think it's all right as long as you don't get sick too much which you don't hmm. all right so what are we talking about today we're talking about habits we are talking about habits we've done a few habits episodes in the past but uh, I think habits are constantly evolving perhaps more than they than they should be for me <laughs> uh, Very rarely do I stick to the same things for a long time but uh, that is that's part of the discussion we'll have so yeah so we are talking about habits I guess we can talk about morning routine type of things um, and I don't know I don't think we want to get into like the whole... Here's the best ways to make your habits stick and form habits because there are books and all kinds of a whole lot of previous blog articles episodes. written in the past. Yeah, previous episodes, lots of blog posts. Some on Nomad Athlete, but every other blog in the world has a has a, how to create habits nowadays. And um, you know, I I'm I used to be really big on the habit idea, and I was very excited when I read things like The Power of Habit. Um... By Charles Duhigg, and just at that time, this was like 2010 to 2012. It seemed to be the really big thing, and it's it still is. But um, I I think I've come off of that a little bit and realized that like I don't know habits are really really important. Um, I I start to wonder like these things that we call our habits when we engineer them, when we create them. Um, I think very few of them actually are habits. Like, like we talk about people like going to the gym. Um, I think for a lot of people, like it is a constant. No matter how much of those things you do, and how many you know, you apply a trigger and a reward and all this stuff. That like it still is this effort to get yourself to go to the gym, and it's still hard, and you don't want to do it most days. But you just do it because you know it's right, and you you basically always have a tiny little bit of willpower struggle. It never becomes completely habitual. Um, so I don't, I don't know if those things are, are technically habits. I feel like habits are the things that are more unconscious and truly do happen automatically. Um, and I think maybe, maybe some people can get to that point with running or the gym where it it becomes this automatic thing where when it's missing, it's really strange and it's, it's easier to do it than not do it. But I I don't know. I, I guess I don't quite put the same importance as I used to on habits. And I, I more just think of these as, as, uh, activities that we that we choose to spend time on what do you Mm. think about that
1: that's an interesting that's an interesting observation because i i don't know i've never heard you say that because you 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 have talked a lot about habits in the past and the importance of kind of setting up these these triggers and these kind of ways to kind of keep doing them but you know i think you're probably right that you know most of our habits are actually not the healthy ones right so like like we were talking about a couple episodes ago about uh my habit of checking my phone and checking social media and stuff um and i i think that's a habitual act right like i will sit down somewhere and the first thing i do is i just like stick my hand in my pocket and grab my phone out um without thinking about it right um and the and the trigger i guess is probably like being alone for a second (laughs) or like don't know standing up from a table or sitting down and you know waiting for somebody um you know, and we don't ever talk about those habits, really. I mean, those are the kind of the negative habits. But right. the the ones that we want, the the good habits, uh, often don't stick because they don't actually become habits,
0: right? Right, exactly. And i I guess I kind of think that's okay uh, that they don't become habits and they just become activities that you have to get yourself to do. So I, I don't mean to like say that all, any habit th- stuff we've done in the past or is all over the internet is useless. I think it's really useless. I mean, <laughs> I think it's useful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like the negative thing, like if something, if something is to become a habit, then the only way it's going to do that is when it in the moment to our bodies or our subconscious or whatever, it seems like a positive thing to do this, right? You're chasing pleasure in the short term. And the only way you make, you know, reading in bed for 30 minutes every single night. A true habit that is when it becomes pleasurable when you actually want to do that and you look forward to it and so i think there are some activities where you can you can sort of train yourself with all these techniques and these and that's where i think the value is using all these techniques of habit formation you can actually get to the point where you get over that initial hump like let's say let's say you like playing the guitar but you never do it uh and this i'm often in this space you never do it because you just don't make the time for it and it The first few times you do, it is sort of difficult. And this is a good example because there's that actual tangible pain in your fingertips from playing the guitar that you have to just get over that hump. But once you're over that hump, then it actually becomes a pleasurable activity. So there's a little bit of resistance to starting something new. In this case, there's actual physical pain that happens uh, those first few sessions. But then once you're over that, you're over it, and it truly is now fun to play the guitar. So all you've got to do is be deliberate about finding the time to do that. But there's no real resistance to doing it. So to me, that kind of thing can become a habit because it is pleasurable in the moment. Um, I don't know. Some things I think just, just aren't ever... For some people, going to the gym isn't ever going to be in the moment pleasurable. It might be a thing that you say, this is a positive, good thing for me to do, and therefore I'm going to do it even though I don't necessarily feel like it. But uh, I just don't think some of those behaviors become automatic the way people like to fantasize that they do. But anyway, that, I mean yeah, that's just that's, a preference. It doesn't mean that any of this is not valuable and i think i think different activities to different people um, can become habits but i just i just think it's it's becoming a little bit overblown this the habit talk on the internet well what about
1: what about like like what's the difference between trying to form a habit and then like just setting a routine right like uh, you're in the routine of going to the gym every day because that's what you do after after work no matter what you know whether you want to or not that's you you're supposed to go to the gym right
0: right I th- that yeah that's why I don't I don't know what is the practical implication of this acknowledgement that some things will never become habits um, in the sense that they are automatic and just fun to do in the moment um, I, yeah I don't know I, I, I guess I just have the sense that like going to the gym after work, that it's always going to feel a little bit like a struggle, even when it's something that you're kind of at peace with and you're like, I do this all the time. This is what I do after work. I don't really like it. It'd be nice to take the day off, but I do it because it's good for me. Um, and I think it's great. Just like running and marathon training and all that. But I think that to me, I think what what needs to happen is, we, and this is something we've, we've talked a lot about with goal setting and long-term vision. I I think you kind of need that thing in the future, that vision or whatever it is that pulls you forward and makes this Feel like something that's worth doing and pleasurable and fun. So, I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I don't know if there is a practical thing to do differently uh, as a result of noticing that some things just aren't going to ever become truly automatic behaviors. But, I don't know. Worth pointing out, I think.
1: Do you think something as big as going to the gym could ever actually become a true habit? Or, like, even if you really enjoyed going to the gym or going for a run that's, or whatever?
0: That's what, kind of what I'm saying is I when it is that big, I just remember like when I was so into weightlifting in college and I some days just couldn't, I don't know, after I would finished a workout, I'd almost be sad that I had to wait two more days before the next workout. Cause I was, it was like the first time I was into this and it was so much fun and new and different. Um, but like, it just didn't feel like a habit, right? It wasn't the same as taking your phone out of your pocket and checking your phone right. because that's like what you impulsively do. It was still this thing on the schedule and like as much as I might be looking forward to it, it was still this big thing to fit into my day and schedule the things around and have to get to. And like, I don't know, once you're there, it's hard. I don't know. It just, it just doesn't... I feel like those behaviors that we're calling habits aren't really habits. <laughs> they're routines. Yeah, or, or activities. Yeah, they're things that you do repetitively, but not unconsciously. Maybe unconscious mm-hmm. is what is what the habit part is. I like this discussion actually this is interesting <laughs> yeah I just don't know what the value is like what what does that imply about how we uh, should no,
1: I don't know we're, we're, we're debating semantics right <laughs>
0: yeah so anyway um, doesn't really matter let's talk uh, let me let me I, I do want to hear your habits that you're going through Doug I think you've you mentioned that some of them are very similar to ones you've talked you've done before And talked about before but still useful to hear about them because I'm sure they've evolved somewhat Um. My personal recent experience with habits is that, or I should say with, I'm thinking kind of a morning routine or those, but we're speaking broadly about habits here. So like the type of activities that we try to do every day. Um, for me, that has changed a whole lot really since the time we did that episode. Um, I think it was like, it was it was based on an article called Improving Ourselves to Death. I don't mm-hmm. remember of the, na- the name of the episode that we called it. I think we debated calling it that exact same title and then (laughs) thought better of it. Um, Maybe it was like, can we improve ourselves too much or something like that? Or are we improving ourselves too much? But the idea was I had read this article and for some reason it struck a chord and made me wonder if all the – I mean my entire existence before this was built around the idea of getting better. And with free time, the things that are worth investing that free time in – or, the, or spending that free time on uh, are things that are kind of delayed gratification, things that will make you better or in a better situation in the future rather than pleasure now. And that's not to say that there's no time for pleasure now, no room for pleasure now. Of course, you know, you need some bit of that. But my thinking had always been, you know, set up routines. Um, Create habits, do things that will improve you and make you more likely to be happy in the future than you are now. And that's that's where a ton of the interest in the Tony Robbins and all the personal development stuff came from. But anyway, so I we read this article, we talked about it, we we debated it a little bit, and it really kind of rocked my world in that, you know, one part of my world. And I didn't make any decisions. I didn't say, well, this means I'm no longer interested in that stuff. Cause I didn't really know. I just found it really eye-opening to see that there was this other perspective that, that basically said this stuff is all, you know, misguided and really what we should be doing. I mean, it, it wasn't quite as uh cliche as like, we should just be present and live in the moment. Um, but it was sort of like, it just pointed out some of the dangers and problems with always thinking that we need to make ourselves better. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do about this, but I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I am changed by this and I'm going to just kind of move forward, seeing what happens. And what has happened is I've not, not, didn't try to, but I've happened to go through now, I don't know, something close to four or five months of, um, kind of just being satisfied with not try, not striving to improve myself and not striving to, you know, get out for a run every day or, or go to the gym on some certain schedule. Um, and instead, the the form it has taken for me is things like we just talked about, getting into soccer. In fact, I've gotten into golf again now, just because I have a trip that comes up each August and, and I've been doing that. And those activities have motivated me to go for runs a few times a week and actually to do some pull-ups and things like that and just try to get stronger. Um, but it's very, very different from before when it was about like, I mean, you know, there was a time when I was deliberately creating a, a quote unquote running habit. And I would, I would do all the activities and start small and gradually increase. And I had a plan to increase and it worked. And that's how I ran my first hundred miler because I put in three or four months of, of running without a watch and just going out for a run, but always, I'm sorry, running not for distance, just with a watch. And I would just set my watch and run for, you know, five minutes more each week. And it, and it actually worked, but that form of running is entirely different from what I've been doing recently, which is like, you know, I know I have another soccer game in a week and I'd like to be in a little bit better shape than I was last time. So I'm going to make sure that I get out for two hill workouts and maybe a speed workout between now and then. And uh, it's been very different. And, and it is I, I can't say whether it's better or worse. Uh, I want to chalk it up to the old seasons of life thing that feels like this is what's right for right now. But um, you know i I'm definitely going through something new, and I think it just it just brings with it different emotions every now and then I do kind of get in a panic and I'm thinking Man, what what am i doing i'm I'm you know <laughs> uh floundering here, I'm not sticking to anything really in a dedicated way. I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants. I don't know, but it's, but it's it's been a learning experience and it's been good so
1: yeah well I mean on the question of whether it's better or worse, I mean I guess it depends on what your goals are right i mean like if your goals are just to kind of have fun and explore you know whatever is exciting in the moment then i think you're doing the right thing if, you know if you had a hundred mile goal like or something like that then obviously a more structured program right would...
0: and and that goes back to that same conversation around should we have big goals like that mm-hmm. uh or is it or is that just really a form of self-improvement and some of those you could say that it's both a hundred mile goal in some ways self-improvement but in other ways it's it might be just something that fulfills you and brings you joy or or scratches some itch that you have to scratch so yeah right i think i I
1: think that's something that i've been struggling with especially with my own running is like uh whether i should force myself to have a big goal you know so that i can stay on track quote unquote or whether i should um just kind of let go of a big goal unless one comes to me, right? Right. Unless I just naturally tend to have one. Because in the past, you know, one of the strategies I've had for staying fit and staying on top of things is to basically constantly have a race goal in mind, right? So as soon as one ends, you know, I'm I'm looking for or already signed up for another race that I can, you know, I might take a little break, but that that I have on the horizon to keep me on track. Uh Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't been doing that the last like two years, and um, and you know post the hundred miler in the spring, um, you know I had a bit of a like post race blues, you know, and I just didn't know what to do and felt really unmotivated and kind of lost with my running, and uh, kept thinking that I needed to go ahead and sign up for another race or find something else that would look and nothing seemed all that exciting, and and it wasn't until a couple weeks ago that I really finally got excited about another goal before. And it was just kind of a natural one that, um you know, that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So,
0: And what is it? You told me about it, but you haven't said it on here, I don't think.
1: Oh, okay. So there's this route. i probably, I maybe talked about the route think, before.
0: it might have been on a and a session, but not a podcast. It was, yeah. I think it was I on look, the, but... one of the Academy Q&As.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now there's a route called Pitchell, which runs from Mount Pisgah to Mount Mitchell. It's about 60 three miles long, I think, um, all along the mountains to sea trail in North Carolina. It's just kind of, it's not a race. It's just a route that, uh, some people around here have run. Um, it's, I feel like it's a little bit of a rite of passage for long distance runners, uh, ultra runners, uh, in North Carolina. So, um, um, that's what I want to do. It's what I've been talking about doing for a long time. Cause there's like a group that goes out and does it every year. Uh, but what has gotten me really excited is this idea of doing it completely unsupported, self-sufficient, not using any aid or any people or, or any of the kind of like there's, you know, there's different stops along the way that you could fill up water or anything like that, but to completely do it on my own and, uh, carry everything I need except for water, which I could pull from streams and things like that. So.
0: So you're not even allowed to get the water at the aid stations?
1: No, like there's a, um, well, there wouldn't there any uh, like actual aid stations, but the, you know there would be like, like the uh, folk art center is, is along the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I couldn't go in there and use the bathroom and get water from there. I would need to completely rely on the resources wow. available to me.
0: Seems yeah, like a recipe for getting sick again.
1: <laughs> well, I would filter the water, Matt. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, have cool. a little so that, little pocket filter.
0: I think that's really interesting. Um, and I think – I wonder if – I mean, first of all, I, I think it is generally a good philosophy to not force goals. I used to have the exact same thing with marathon running. It was like – I my advice, and I wrote this on the Nomad Athlete in the old days, was have a race that you even, if possible, signed up for before you finish your current marathon. Yeah. Because otherwise you're in danger of – what I often did was go three or six months with nothing because I just – just inertia kind of i didn't just kind of took a break after the race for two weeks and then and then i would have no reason to really start again so without meaning to take a break from running i would take a break from running so i said therefore have a goal always in place um but i found like you kind of did then you start signing up for things that don't really mean that much to you and you're just doing them for the sake of doing them and i don't think i could be wrong doug but uh it, it seems to me you wouldn't have wouldn't have happened upon a, an event like this, or whatever you want to call this, if not an event. Um, an adventure. An adventure like this. If you were busy signing up for 50-mile races or 50, 100K or whatever, as soon as you were finished a previous one. I, yeah. It seems to me like you just kind of, I don't know, your mindset changes because you don't have something like that, and you're kind of open to ideas, and then eventually one comes along that inspires you and makes you actually – truly genuinely excited to get out there and train for it
1: yeah and and even kind of the odd thing about this is like after the hundred miler i was like well maybe this year is the year that i'll i'll join the group and do the do the pitch run with the group you know which is like like there's somebody who goes out and drops a bunch of aid for you and so it's like not an official race or event but you know people kind of organize and do it together um, and I was like, well, maybe this is the year that'll do that. But that, it just wasn't exciting. Like it wasn't getting me motivated or excited, mm-hmm. even though this is the exact same route. For some reason, when it occurred to me that I could do it on my own and kind of start playing around with that idea of um, being completely self-sufficient, and which is kind of the anti way that I just ran my last hundred miler with a bunch of pacers and right. a big crew and all this stuff, you know. Just, but to be like out there completely on my own and do something that's like big and challenging, but completely independent that was what got me so excited you know so the route is is exciting to me of course um but the route within the supported manner wasn't nearly very exciting for me it, like it took me a while to kind of figure out what it was that um that was exciting and, and then and now I'm like I'm completely you know it's like the last few weeks I've been way more motivated than I have been in months mm-hmm. um, unfortunately I got sick and so you know as I was starting to ramp things up a little bit I kind of took a bunch of time off but um i don't know i'm just feeling fired up in a way that i haven't been in a while which is which is really cool that's really good
0: wonderful are you going to uh break out eliza's baby stroller and and push your supplies in that like like (laughs) style
1: i don't think you can do that on these trails but uh no (laughs) i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a larger pack than uh than i would wear during a race or something like that but Right. I'm going to go pretty streamlined. It's going to be pretty minimal. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting. It'll be an interesting experience about like... I'm going to try to get a lot of calories from... from, um, Like in liquid form. So powders that would be really light and easy. So It'll be a completely different kind of strategy, nutrition, and everything strategy than what I'm used to. Um, but I'm excited to kind of report back on it and see how it goes. Yeah,
0: I am too. What's, what will be interesting is if you go further down this road cuz this is this there's I think there's kind of a break uh in ultra running or a point where where people start getting into just doing crazy tasks that like it, it, I mean it's still running but like it starts it start people start it seems making up records to go after for themselves <laughs> yeah. like the first person to go back and forth in bad water pushing a uh, baby stroller with their stuff in it uh or like I don't know. I mean, you probably can think of a ton more examples than I do, but like things where like it turns out it it turns into hiking or biking, and like it's not even about ultra running anymore. It's just about traveling from one place to another in some with certain restrictions, and then you're the first person to ever have done that. Yeah, obscure thing, yeah. Uh, which is kind of cool. I don't. That's not not that way to challenge. Uh, the stuff.
1: first time, I ref, the first time I remember hearing man, one of those, me being like, "What?" <laughs> Was uh, <laughs> yeah. There's the the rim to rim to rim on the Grand Canyon where you like start at on one side and you run to the other side and you come back. Mm-hmm. It's about 50 miles, pretty popular route. Um, doesn't feel like that, but somebody, I read somebody did, did it like, did three crossings. So rim to rim, to rim, to rim, to rim. So, okay. Six rims. And, I, and, and it was like, hailed as this like first time ever somebody had done that? And I, it's just like, like, what's the point of just kind of going back and forth <laughs> on, the, on the Canyon? Like, like that's cool. And I get it. It's like an amazing effort. And you know, I applaud that person. I just don't, don't really get it. Um,
0: right. Well, a but lot I don't of, know. I don't
1: think I'm, I don't think I'm really going down that, that way. I mean, this is an established route. And, right. Um, yeah. But and I, I just I, want to see like how I can, how I can, you know, how I can do it without all the support, without all the things that I've grown accustomed to in the racing world.
0: hmm But then one could argue that bringing gels and things like that is kind of cheating yeah maybe i should just pick berries and... i think i think you need to forage
1: <laughs> just eat
0: what's along the route
1: gotta learn learn which
0: mushrooms i can eat and right, right. see it, it i mean i don't think you're gonna go that way but <laughs> no. you easily could just start adding new things like that yeah you could you could or do it People all do keto. It. a full <laughs> yeah. keto compliant he's good whatever it is he's good mitchell <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. First person ever to do it. Keto. <laughs> yeah.
1: First person ever. Um, All right. Good. Only, only known time. I like, I like that. Instead of the fastest known time, the only known time. <laughs> like, well,
0: I don't know if that's a good thing. All right. So, um, yeah, so I guess the the risk of that approach is that your fitness, I guess, could suffer. Um, if you were to say if you were to say I'm I'm not gonna have like, you know, if, if I had stopped having the marathon goal and I had allowed myself to flounder and not do any running, then what eventually happened for me and because once I adopted this philosophy that I wasn't gonna set goals artificially, I was just gonna wait till I was inspired, I ran my hundred miler and then I nothing else came along and I kind of haven't really gotten back into running in that way again. Haven't haven't really trained for a race race or anything since then. Um but it led to other things. It just took several years for me to get into. Uh, now I'm back in, now I'm into the soccer, and that has me back running. But it took several years, and for those several years, you know, fitness wasn't a big priority for me. I still managed to stay in shape because I had to, for really, really, for work reasons, I had to show up in different running things and had to like be in okay running shape. But I. That's a major downside. Is that is yeah. that you will fall into this thing where you don't do it, and that's kind of what scares me about this current approach of mine where like I I was doing the transcendental meditation thing earlier this year and you know did it for a few months and then just kind of stopped which has happened with every other meditation I've tried I kind of just get bored and then stop Uh, and I think I'll come back to it I'm glad to know that method but um, I'm really not putting any pressure on myself to start doing that again and thankfully I'm managing to eat healthy as I do this but I I don't know, like in in, try, in trying to embrace this live in the moment thing, I've had a week or two in this summertime when I said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna have a few extra beers at this thing and um, eat this fake, uh, whatever, vegan smoked seitan thing at the soccer game that we were, you know, like they're selling it, which is a great thing about Asheville. You can buy that stuff at a soccer game, but I was like, well, I'm just gonna eat this junk and I don't care because I'm trying to really embrace this feeling of like just enjoy myself. but you know i i one possible outcome of that is that 2 years from now i'm doing the exact same thing and first you know not feeling all that fulfilled by it and now out of shape and now not yeah. eating well Thankfully, i don't think i don't think that's happening because in fact i think this is working very well i'm eating much better than i've eaten actually in a long time and i'm actually exercising again so it is doing positive things right now but in the back of my mind I'm always having this fear of like man like if I if I don't have a strong sense of direction what I'm training for or what type of diet I'm trying to eat uh, other than a vegan one but like what what am I trying to do? am I watching some sort of thing or am I am I um I don't know doing like we talk about the fruitarian challenge like if I'm not doing something like that I just wonder if I will if it will devolve into badness but it's not happening but but that is the risk and the best i the best solution i have for it that i tell myself is that this it's i think it's kind of boring and cliche but that seasons of life thing that for especially for me this is true i don't know if it's true for everyone else as much but for me it is a big pendulum that swings back and forth and i get really into you know being almost militant about habits and you know set times when i have to get up early and plan this hour this first hour when i'm awake when i will do these four or five different habits and just get them done. Uh, And then I'll go the opposite when I don't do anything like that for six months and I'm perfectly happy that way. And then eventually I I start to be hungry for that structure and sense of moving towards some tangible goal. And then I go back to that. So I don't know. For me, that has worked fine. And the more I've kind of accepted that that is what works well for me, then the, the happier I am and the less I beat myself up about it when i'm in any given season of it um but i you know it does it does kind of come at a cost and that is that i think if you're someone who can stay relentlessly focused on one or two activities you will get much better at those and eventually you will master those activities whatever maybe you can't master meditation but you will <laughs> get way way better at these things and get better results and and feel like you're building something of value, I think, in, in this skill or you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I, the seasons of life thing, this, this switching back and forth every few months from one mindset to another, I do think that I'm, I miss that aspect of it. Like we talk, we talk about drum playing and how we, every now and then I get into a three or six month period when I'll practice really hard and I'm always like, what? why would I ever skip six months of this? When all I need to do is go do this pleasurable activity and just keep it up, and then in five years I'll be really, really good and get where I want to be. But uh, the problem with this thing is that I, I, t- I go in and out and I and I don't get better at that. So yeah. that that's the downside of it. But uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with with how things are going and just that whole kind of philosophy of like that life follows these seasons that don't necessarily match the outside seasons of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, But there are periods when when you are all amped up to do stuff, and there are periods where what you need is much less structure and the freedom to relax and enjoy yourself more.
1: Yeah. I get that. Uh, And I I think I have a slightly different approach. So Mm -hmm. let's pause for a second to thank our sponsors, and then we'll get into that.
0: Okay. This episode of Nomade Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market, a revolutionary online marketplace with thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25-50% to 50% below traditional retail prices. You can get everything you need from non-GMO foods and pantry staples to personal care and even eco-friendly cleaning products. One of my favorite features is that you can filter by dietary preferences. Just click the vegan filter and it will automatically remove any non-vegan products so you can continue shopping without worrying about checking labels. Doug, you got another shipment from Thrive Market, what did you pick up this time? <laughs> I did, I'm a big fan of Thrive
1: Market because it is a great way to replenish some of the staples from some of your pantry staples at a discounted price, plus pick up many of the products my traditional grocery store doesn't, doesn't carry. In this last order, I snagged some staples like raw cashews, quinoa, and a few spices, plus, uh, let's see, some specialty items like a natural toothpaste that we like to get for our kid, and my favorite snack, Louisville vegan jerky. Uh, which is just absolutely delicious. But you'll like this one, Matt. I, because we talked about it in last week's episode when I was ordering and I saw it pop up, I picked up some mushroom coffee.
0: Oh boy, I can't wait to try it. They don't have the stuff in the local Black Mountain grocery store, do they, Doug? <laughs> I don't
1: think they have mushroom coffee in the Black Mountain grocery store. That's well, how is it? Have you tried it? Yeah, I'm drinking it right now, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's it tastes a lot
0: like coffee. Wow,
1: all
0: right, good. Well, when you check out Thrive Market, get an additional 25% off your first order, plus a 30-day free trial. By visiting thrivemarket.com/slash/no-meat-athlete.
1: Yeah, I, I I absolutely understand what you're saying about the seasons of life, and and I think that that's something that I have come to accept as well. You know, maybe not in the same way that you do, uh, or as dramatically as you do, but um, you know, like like what we were saying when I, when I first started training for marathons and and you know becoming a quote unquote runner uh, as I as I pictured in my head, you know, that meant running all the time, you know, five days a week, no matter what. Um, and, uh, you know, and I would force myself to, to train for another race just to keep doing it. I did that for years. Um, and for the most part, I liked it, but then there would always be times when I would be training for a race that I was unmotivated for and didn't really want to run and kind of just forcing myself through the, through the process because it felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Um, and that's, you know, that's the person I wanted to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, but now, you know, I don't, I, I still want to be the person, you know, the, the, the mountain trail runner, you know, and, uh, and that's what brings me so much joy. And see the thing I, you know, I think maybe one difference between you and I is that, um, like there are fewer you seem to get really excited about it. you have a lot of passions or hobbies I guess or whatever. You have a lot of activities that bring you great pleasure. Mhm. Right? Does that make sense? Like yeah, uh I would like so. golf and soccer and drums and guitar and Yep. You know, cooking and and all these things. Uh and and I maybe you know, maybe just our personalities are different or whatever, but there I feel like there are fewer things that I get really into. Mhm. Um, and running has been the consistent one, of course, for the past several years. Um, you know, and, and drumming and, you know, my band is another big one. Um, uh, disc golf, of course, is kind of my, my other big one, mm-hmm. you know, and these are like not including anything family related or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I think that what I do, what I've tried to continue, force myself to do during the past few months of when I've been, felt unmotivated after, the last races is like, I know I'm going to get back to that. I know, you know, I love trail running. I love ultra running. Um, I don't want to give that up. Um, so I don't want to put my, set myself too far back. And so the thing that like, I have been making myself do over the past few months is to have some sort of fitness routine every day, you know, whether that is going out for just an easy three mile run behind the running stroller that isn't really serving me to become a better mountain runner, right? Mm-hmm. But it's getting me out there right. or to do spend 20 minutes to do some, you know, some sort of strength work or to play disc golf or do some sort of activity. That's going to call it, give me some sort of fitness. And I, and I have tried to, my hardest to make that a routine to do every single day. Um, and you know, it's, it's not a habit. Like we were talking about earlier, like I, many times I have to force myself to do it. Um, but it's this kind of routine or activity that um, that I've tried to I've tried to instill in, in myself to do every single day um, in order to not fall too far behind or too far out of the loop when I do get remotivated when I am
0: excited to start running and training again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really important, and I think that's a great uh, distinction um, between us that I tend to get bored with any one activity so switch to something else um and i think that's i think in you know neither of these is better than the other in many ways i, I think yours is uh, great because like we said then you if you only have one thing or one main thing that is a constant then then you keep getting better at it and especially if you're doing what you're doing where even when you don't feel like doing it or you're not that motivated or inspired to do it um you've got something else there that's sort of a substitute activity that, that or a default activity i guess that at the very least prevents you from losing ground in this thing that is so important to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's really great for that reason. So I was trying to think of any sort of parallel. And the only thing I, for me, like the closest thing I have to that is, I mean, (laughs) this is strange, but like that personal development stuff, that, that Tony Robbins stuff, which seems, I don't know, so artificial in some ways compared to, Something more like you know what you're saying, like do fitness for twenty minutes a day, um, or even meditation things like these things where you're kind of maintaining the operating system, so mm-hmm. that so that you know you're you know you're at least being mindful about what you're spending your time on, and you're kind of bringing everything you can or your best self to that activity, regardless of what that activity is. So I think that's uh, that's interesting, and I think I think perhaps. What has been so scary for me recently is has been that I've given up even that uh, kind of intentionally, like saying like I'm gonna you know not not pressure myself into doing the morning pages every day or some sort of reflection activity like I used to do almost religiously, um, because it's scary. It's like now it's like well you know if if I don't have that anchoring me in place and anchoring me then then where what am I gonna go off into? So that's that's the scary part. But uh, I I think that's really really good, and I wish that i like i said i always wish that i had something like that where i could keep um you know just keep keep something going so that i don't lose ground in activities that are really important like fitness uh like music right i would i would love to do that and maybe i should do that maybe i should have a fitness habit that runs in the background (laughs) well i mean you know i mean i think that your
1: your system works too right for 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 you right Mm -hmm. and uh And I think it's cool that like you dabble in a bunch of different activities, and you uh, are better at so many more activities than than I am for that reason, right? Because you do go through a season of golf, and you do go through a season of guitar, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, ever so often. uh, Jack of all trades, though. Jack of all trades, a true renaissance man you are, but the master of none. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I just think it's different, right? So, I mean, my my approach is what what keeps me kind of rolling um because because i think that i you know you're talking about your fear of just kind of feeling stuck and not you know like losing everything um i i kind of think that that would happen to me like if i didn't if i didn't run or do any sort of exercise every time i didn't feel like doing it like it wouldn't surprise me if i just didn't do anything for a month right (laughs) Right. i mean but you know at the same time like i love getting outside and I love doing those activities. Um, you know, I just, I feel like I would fall out of it fairly easy. Uh, if I wasn't, you know, when I was unmotivated, when I'm motivated, of course, I have no problem with that at all, but right. Um, so, so I don't know, like I need that kind of structure, uh, to keep me going. And then, yeah, you know, it ends up bringing me a bunch of joy, you know, like even if I don't feel like doing that strength work, uh, that strength workout workout um you know i'm always glad that i did mm-hmm. after i do it right you know? right or like eliza and i've gotten in the routine of of going on a stroller run where we do like a three and a half mile route and about two miles in is the playground we stop and we play for a while and then we get back in the stroller <laughs> and run home and it's like it's just a lot of fun like you know it's a it's an it's a not a productive run in the fitness sense, but um, it gets me out there, and it's an opportunity for us to play together, and
0: it's fun. Yeah, and it does it does maintain something aside from all the benefits of doing something like that with your daughter. Um, yeah. Just, oh, absolutely. Y- yeah. You're saying it's not a productive run, but but it's it's better than not running, and especially absolutely, especially yeah. if you go for months of doing just that instead of just not running, uh, you're in a way different place after those months. So, yeah, I do think it's valuable for that. All right, well, let's uh. Let's, I don't think we really made much of a promise here, but, but <laughs> in case people did go into this thinking that they were going to learn our uh, most important habits, what uh, what are the things that you you are doing on an ongoing basis? Is it just the fitness thing, or do you have other things that you're trying to do each and every day, or most days?
1: There are a couple, a couple more things, not too many more. So um, the first one I actually picked up from you, which is to make my bed every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't always happen because Katie is often in bed when i am out of bed but just make
0: it just build her into the bed
1: (laughs) well one of us does it every morning and and that like there's something you know you said that a long time ago and i was like i you know whatever (laughs) (laughs) but it really like it feels like you're setting yourself up for the day you're just like you know making a nice clean space for the rest of your day even if you're not in the bedroom for the rest of the day it Mm -hmm. just feels uh like you're kind of starting you know
0: right Jump starting something. It's setting I, I the guess. tone for the day. And there, there's a book tone. about this. I haven't read it, but it's it, I think it's just called "Make Your Bed." It's some military captain, whatever guy who writes about the you know the the importance of the tiny discipline like that. But it is true. <laughs> like at the beginning, you you can either choose not to make the bed, or you can choose to make the bed as your first thing of the day. And if you choose to do it, it seems like you're just kind of putting yourself in starting off on in the right direction. It's just like having a smoothie or something, a healthy breakfast. Uh, you know, I don't know how important breakfast is as a meal, but but making a good choice to start off, I think that makes it more likely you can make a good choice later. So, mm-hmm. that's I think it's important. For me, the bed thing was really like, and I we haven't been that good at it recently, but I'm kind of back to it now. Um, I always associate that with like being an adult and being a grown-up. And I, <laughs> yeah, I realized when I was true. like 30, into my 30s, I was like, we don't make our bed and every day it's just messy. And, and there was always this picture like, well, one day once like life is in order and everything's good, we're going to start making our bed. And I was like, 30 years old, we're adults now. Like, when when is that going to happen if not now? So that that's, that's my very motivation. True. That's
1: very true. Yeah. yeah. It's right. kind of embarrassing if someone sees your are unmed- that That's un- very embarrassing. <laughs> um, all right. So that's one. Another one that uh, I'm just starting. It's like starting maybe two weeks ago. Uh, our neighbors have huge massive blueberry bushes that overflow into our yard mm-hmm. um and so i've been uh, you know this this one will end at some point in the next few months but uh every morning i'm going out and picking blueberries for breakfast
0: oh they don't mind this
1: no no they, anything in our yard well they're like too big they i mean i could i could go anywhere but okay the ones that overflow yeah they're, they're very kind and offer us to mm-hmm. to take their blueberries um so i've been going out every morning and picking uh some blueberries for for the family and that has been uh like just this really cool i don't know why but it's like bringing me
0: a ton of joy this little habit and everywhere <laughs> that's cool i mean I can, I can imagine why that's such a primal thing i mean it's i know i guess people associate primal with going off and running down an antelope and bringing that back to the tribe but uh <laughs> i think more accurate is that is that there was more gathering than hunting in those days and yeah. i think yeah, so therefore not surprising at all that you like going out and getting berries for the family I think that's I, cool that, that I, I like I like finding things like that that come along that are mm-hmm. just seem on the surface like the dumbest simplest activity and then they end up being really just they just do something for you that is unexplainable
1: yeah and I mean and I could easily have you know pick for the entire week or at least for the next few days but mm-hmm. I just really like the idea of kind of getting what we need for that day
0: that's how I feel about going to the grocery store when I when I go <laughs> yeah I every day I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. I, mean, I, I get it. I get it. But it's
1: yeah. Anyway. Um, so that's one. That's the exercise is kind of my big one that I try to, you know, that's the one that kind of takes some time. I try to do some sort of exercise every day, some sort of way to move my body. Um, and I already talked about that. And then the other one is um, something I've been doing for the last few months now is to, I, I used to make like a big French, pressed pot of coffee that i would kind of sip on you know and within in, in, it would like sit in a thermos and I'd sip on it for most of the morning and through lunchtime mm-hmm. and now I've, I've reduced it down to just a single cup in the morning and then i have a cup of green tea that i make every time i make lunch okay so i've gotten in the habit of, of heating up some tea
0: right and now your single cup is mushroom coffee
1: and today my single cup is mushroom coffee which uh interestingly as it's cooled down has started to taste a little bit more like mushroom <laughs> Is there coffee in it too, and mushrooms? Yeah, it's uh, okay. it's like, but it's like instant coffee. It's 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 uh, you know, I mean, I think that there's like the benefit that everybody talks about that I don't actually know very much about, but um, you know, but it's not like it's not as fulfilling as my standard cup of coffee. I have to, I have to admit.
0: <laughs> no, maybe I'll get used to it.
1: Thankfully, Thrive Market has coffee too, so you have to yeah, just yeah. get mushrooms. the coffee. good stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, good. What else? Any other habits, Doug? Or is that Yeah, that's that's about it that I'm kinda of focused on at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. And I'm feeling pretty good about those, honestly. Good. I like that. Yeah, how about you? Um so like I said, I don't have a whole lot of structure anymore recently to my days. I fully expect that I will get back to that, but um right now don't. I do I think in the back of my mind there is a I wanna do something fitness related each day, and that's driven by um the golf and the soccer hobby. So like if I go out Hank Haney, who used to be Tiger Woods' teacher, has he says if you just swing a golf club, t- take an iron and swing it a hundred times in your yard. In my case, I do it sometimes in my soccer room. Um, just swing it a hundred times each day. You don't have to hit balls. He said you'll strengthen your muscles. You'll groove the swing. He said it's possible you'll be grooving some bad habits, but basically, like you said, with the running, uh, the this you know you said it's a run that maybe not be productive. It's better than not doing anything. And yeah. so even something like that. Could just be um, this – I think it's called the Iron Gym. I've, I know I've in the past on this podcast said the wrong name for this product. It's one of those as seen, seen on TV things that goes in the closet door frame. Um, anyway, so I will do yeah. push-ups, pull-ups, and sit-ups with that thing. Uh-huh. Um, or I'll go for a run, or I'll have a soccer game, or I'll go to the driving range. And just I'm just trying to do something that is active each and every day. Um, but it's not – it's not like there are days that happen where, that ha- pass where I – Realize I didn't do it, and and I'm fine, and don't make any crazy effort to get it in. Uh, I have that. I still have the uh, kind of I call it fruitarian, but that's not really accurate because it involves nuts and things like that. But I try to, other than my one cup of coffee, I try to eat only raw food uh, until noon each day. So usually that takes the form of big banana smoothie with some walnuts and flax seeds, maybe a few berries sprinkled in there because I do like to get those berries in, Um, and then perhaps. Big salad at lunchtime if I am hungry and it's not noon yet. Then I'll have a big salad first. So not not sticking right to my ideal plan of uh, the smoothie in the morning, salad for lunch, and the green green and bean at dinner. But ends up being pretty darn close to that. But uh, I don't know. I just I like that for some reason. Like the get till noon thing works well for me. Whereas trying to be raw or fruitarian all day long, even in the summertime, very very difficult because it's missing that that comforting dinner at the end of the day that reward um so i've been doing that and i don't I know think, i think that yeah. that little bit like i mentioned before like it just kind of anchors you to healthy choices and makes you want to make good choices throughout the day so
1: that I, I think that 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 is such an underrated i don't know good positive habit or positive uh i don't know if you don't wanna call it root habit then i don't no, know what we fine. call it but like Uh, such an underrated way to, to start eating healthy, uh, is, is to just do it until noon or do it till five or do it till whatever, but, you know, be, be completely okay with not doing it a hundred percent. Um, but just doing it, you know, up until a certain point. Right. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful tool that a lot of people don't, you know, they don't use because they feel like they're not doing it a hundred percent and you know, then what's the point?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. So that, that has worked very well and kind of what you just said has felt so easy to actually do it never really feels like effort and it's been good so um so those are my two like big things that i get done each day i have not been meditating recently unfortunately i'd I'd kind of like to do that but uh like i said before i'm reluctant to impose more structure um i don't know i think I i have a lot of habitual activities some of which are healthy and some of which aren't uh recently i've actually gotten back into computer games (laughs) i've gone from uh the nintendo switch back to the computer games and like the ones the old sierra games where you move a guy around and and type in like look at the ground or look at this or pick up this and uh i've actually really enjoyed that so i I do try to carve out a (laughs) few minutes for like just fun mindless time like that not mindless but fun time um so i would say i've not a deliberate thing but like i've Habitually have done some kind of fun, mindless activity like that, and I've been quite happy doing that. I like that. I think it's I think it's very good for me mm-hmm. to do things like that that really aren't focused at all on getting better for the future. They're just you know because I'm like in college and post college I remember swearing off video games and saying they were such a waste of time. How would anyone do that? And I, I do think if you're playing it 12 hours a day or staying up till 3 a.m. doing it i think there are better choices you can make than that (laughs) but uh i don't know it's been it's been really fun to come back and and not not have to feel like i'm doing something wrong by just doing something that is enjoyable in the moment and has no other real value than that so that is probably it i read all the time but it's not a habitual thing i just do it or sorry and actually it's funny because that actually is a habitual thing i read all the time because it's fun and i don't have to about it. I don't have to make myself do it. I just do it. Uh, but it's not a deliberate read at this time, or you know, following this trigger. I just kind of read when I want to read, and it turns out to be a lot. So that yeah. is probably it, I think. Well, good. What well,
1: sounds? It sounds like we're doing all right. I wasn't sure how this episode would go since neither of us are super into habits at the moment, um, and kind of both feeling a little. Uh, or at least coming off of some times when we are feeling a little unmotivated. But um, Mm -hmm. this was good. This was an interesting discussion, I think, for me anyway, and uh, I'm glad we had it.
0: Yeah, I think this is is in sharp contrast to our previous habit episode. So if you want that other perspective, you should listen to those. Um, I mean, they're not entirely different. We talk about some of the same habits. I I think we just maybe place a little more importance on having this structure that helps you do them every single day without fail than we do in this one and I, and that's probably the point I, I think all these activities are really healthy my approach these days is to uh kind of do them I don't, I don't know for their own sake is the right word but my my best example is the soccer thing that the soccer thing has has gotten me to want to do fitness so i do fitness now mm-hmm. do fitness meaning running or whatever i want to do with the iron gym um i do fitness rather than saying i'm gonna run at this certain time every single day for this long just for the sake of doing that so that's that's a big difference but uh it, it appears that that maybe both approaches are kind of ending up in the same place which is doing the activity and i think for me it's whatever season i am in um that will kind of dictate which approach to getting those things done is better but yeah so
1: there you go um i hope, hope speaking you speaking, speaking of uh listening to old episodes i gotta give a shout out to uh (laughs) bianca phillips who uh just posted in the pulse uh facebook community which is the academy member group um that she just finished listening to all the old episodes (laughs) every single one that's amazing and she's as i responded and said i can't believe she still wants to listen to us talk and she said she did so i mean I, i i don't think either of us doug has heard all the episodes (laughs) <laughs> that's true
0: that is true actually
1: because yeah if there's an interview there or something like that we don't
0: necessarily fully listen right to it. and there have been a few where i was sick or something and yeah or whatever and you and matt or you and sid did it um yeah
1: that's funny that's a good point
0: yeah it is so way to go i wonder if there's anyone else who has done that but i was just thinking like that's like 200 how many episodes do we have 250 60 something now 238 i think 37 or 38 okay and they
1: probably don't average an hour but no
0: but it's a lot of time you Figure but you know if you hours. if you're
1: listening to us on your long runs and all that stuff i mean it's just that's uh that's that's cool it's a lot of time of, of listening to us ramble in your ear but
0: i know i almost feel bad like <laughs> <laughs> that we're that like i feel responsible like we better be not just making good episodes but giving good advice because that's, that's
1: yeah that's annoying. true that's true no but I, I i you know big shout out to her. yes and, and to you. anyone who any anyone who listens to a bunch of our episodes we're incredibly grateful for all of you uh and it's been it's been a fun journey
0: yeah it was really cool to see that when you emailed that yesterday that that you had read that in the pulse group i i thought mm-hmm. wow we like it just it just makes it seem like it actually matters and that's that is really special because it is easy very easy to feel like you're just kind of doing this and no one's listening we know people are but for some reason you know we're just doing it in our homes and there's not you don't get that much feedback on podcast episodes the way you do more on blog posts um Mm -hmm. with comments and all that so it it was like wow that that is crazy that that people are out there listening that much so that is awesome thank you for doing that thank you for making all this possible (laughs) absolutely all right all right let's wrap it up then until next week until next week. Alright, thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.